0: You are listening to Among the Shadows, the podcast that immerses you, the listener, into the mysterious world of the paranormal.
1: And welcome back to Among the Shadows podcast episode two. I'm your host, Azrael. And with me again, Simone.
0: Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight on this May
1: beautiful night. All right. Yes. And I just want to say thank you to everybody. Of course, if those of you who have listened to our first episode and we want to continue off of that. And go into some more personal stories Dee Simone's got some really good ones for us So I'll let you kick it off
0: Okay Well tonight the stories I'm about to share with everybody Are stories I grew up listening to Over and over From my grandfather From my dad's side And I'm sure many of you could relate to Growing up listening to stories from Your parents, family members, friends Etc But yeah No Uh Where do I start? My grandfather, a little bit about his past, uh, what I was known, what I was told, I'm sorry, from my dad and my uncle and some of my aunts was that uh, back in the old times, probably in the 50s or 60s, um, he practiced black magic, did some witchcraft. Where he stayed at was the state of Durango, Mexico, and uh, literally in the mountains. I'm not sure what he will actually do. But uh, he'll practice his stuff and uh, in the caves. Now, my father would tell me there was a few times where after they were done taking care of the cattle and goats, they'll have to walk home at night. And this is in the mountains at night. But out there, the moonlight guides you. You don't need a flashlight or a torch or anything. It's very beautiful. And uh, my dad would tell me there'll be times they're walking home in the woods and somebody... call out my grandfather's name. Not shout it, not scream it, just casually call his name out. And my grandfather will get mad and he would be like, Who's who's messing with us, you know? So my grandfather and my dad will follow the voice and it will lead to nowhere, you know, behind a rock, behind trees. And there was many times where my grandfather will open fire, you know. My grandfather was always trapped. He was Mexican military. You know, after that he was like a local town marshal, so he wasn't afraid of nothing. And in those times, you know, he was she was just a tough guy. Yeah, that was one of the stories they always call out my grandfather's name. And then even when they're at home sleeping at night, someone would be sh- calling his name out the house. You know, telling him to come out. And it was it was no one, and they would think it was like one of their uncles that was drunk at night. You know causing a disturbance or something, but it was nobody. Also, too, when uh, my grandmother was alive, there was just a few times she told me that uh, she, too, heard somebody calling my grandfather's name from outside their house. Now, they lived in the mountains in a small little village, you know, no electricity, no plumbing. So they were out there in the sticks. So, and they were poor and their house was literally like a shack maybe one room and the rest is you know everybody had to share it was my father and four or five of his siblings so they all had to share the house but yeah my grandmother will tell me a few times that yeah she heard someone calling now her husband's name along with her cousins and uh one story i heard from my dad too from that is uh One of my great aunts used to read the Bible stories to them as kids. And in the shack, she will read the Bible stories and smoke a big cigar. (laughs) And as she's reading these stories on the Bible, the house will vibrate lightly. And they will hear like a humming outside at night. Mm, You know, but... They didn't know what it was. My great aunt would well, we used to tell them, "Oh, it's just the wind. Don't worry, you know." But it was the, like a humming or like a moaning. But they did not
1: know what it was. Just to go back a little bit, when your grandfather and father would be walking home and they would hear someone calling out to out their names, they didn't equate that with what your grandfather was doing with the witchcraft in the cave.
0: No, no, maybe in the back of his mind, but he didn't want to. Scare my dad. Be it at the time too, my you know my dad was probably five or six. Okay, uh, so yeah. he was young. Yeah, five or six, and he's just hearing somebody calling out his dad's name, and he's thinking it's one of his friends, you know, his father's friends, or somebody out there messing with them. But again, my grandfather, he never showed fear. Like he'll like, they'll start chasing, like running after this voice. With his revolver and, or if not revolver, he had a machete in his hand. Like he's ready to, he's ready to kick some butt. That's how, that's, that was his, you know, that was him. Okay. And, but he never said anything like, oh yeah, I should have not done that out there. No, he never said nothing. He was always quiet. But as my father and, and his siblings got older, they start seeing this stuff. You know, they start seeing stuff. Why, why is dad going out there? You know, why is he going there at night? You know, the cattle is taken care of, you know, the livestock is all taken care of. And my grandmother would just tell him, you know, don't worry about it. You know, just stay in the house. You know, listen to your, your aunt. Read these Bible stories. And then that's what he'll do, you know. And then that's when they would hear the humming, the moaning, whatever that was
1: out there. You think your grandmother knew what he was doing? Or do you, did you think he told other people what think, he was doing? I, I think she had a hint.
0: Because, again, too, I, I, I know he would... I think he personally didn't tell her what he was doing out there. And other people probably saw glimpses of him going to cave that night for some reason so maybe they had speculations you know maybe he's doing this
1: how long do you think he was if we had a time frame how long he was doing it for like rituals i'm
0: i'm guessing a good you know 10 20 years because they were poor and from what i've been reading online a lot of people who are in the lowest that's in their fields and you know not progressing in life and stuff and after you know they're not rich or making good money after god has not provided them they go to plan b and this is what i feel like was what's happening because they were they were poor you know out in Mexico. and maybe i f- i think he felt like i need to go to something else i need to get rich i need to get money or something you know
1: okay that makes a lot of sense then so we know he, they were, he was hearing the voices calling out. You had the humming outside. So this is the early stages. So did this eventually progress into something more? Was there other type of like manifestations? Did they see like images or?
0: Yeah. Now this story, my grandfather told me many times, and then myself will always ask him to tell me the story. And this is the one that creeps you out the most. He was walking at night and going back home. Like I said, out there in the mountains, it's wooded area and stuff, and he's able to guide himself through the moonlight. He heard humming, a buzzing sound. And at first, he, you know, far away, but as he got closer tracking to the sound, he looked up at the tree, and it was either a beehive or a wasp hive hanging from the limb of the tree. And he was wondering, why is this hive active at night? You know, it probably was... 11 o'clock nighttime, And as he's looking at it Just wondering What the hell The hive itself Morphed Into A man Upside down On the limb of the tree The man was upside down On the limb of the tree And it stood up Upside down And it started Walking down The limb of the tree To the trunk All the way down On its two feet It was not crawling It wasn't floating it was just casually coming down the tree and it just walked to him and looked at him straight in the eyes and my grandfather freaked out and he just booked it he took off running and he described the man light skin eyes he couldn't really see his eyes and he was natural redhead not you know red dye hair red. It was like a natural redhead. But it just looked at him straight in the eyes. It didn't say nothing, and it just looked at him, he said the guy was naked, and he just took off. And he did not know what that was. And I just feel like that was probably the stuff he's been messing with.
1: I mean, that's pretty interesting to see something like that manifest. Do you think that um, it was an actual, like, a skinwalker, or do you think it was a non-living entity, or...? I'm assuming he probably, he didn't know what it was. So like you knowing the stories, he told you and putting it together that you think you draw any conclusions of what it could have been.
0: The only word I could think of is demon. Okay. Because he was messing with that stuff and I don't know if he was getting results, but again, for what I read online, you know, if you start working with the stuff, there's some consequences. And you might experience some stuff, witness some stuff, see some stuff, and I feel like that was part of it.
1: So after, so you had the the sounds that he would hear, the name calling, you had the humming outside. So then now we're progressed into this entity morphing from a hive into a physical being, and then walking down and him actually seeing it. Uh, was there anything else that happened? Like did it progress even worse? Or did anything else happen start happening to the family at the house?
0: Yeah, there was many times where they will stay in the city, um, in Mex- in Durango, Mexico, and uh there was many times where my where my aunts will share a room and they will wake up at night screaming and my grandfather come in with his uncles or cousins and my aunts will say the bed is sinking and They're looking at everything. Everything's just fine. And for a while, they thought some man was trying to come through the window, you know, and mess with them. But it wasn't that it wasn't a man. So it happened a few more times. And finally, one night, yeah, they heard him screaming and they ran in there. And the room itself it was cement floor. What they witnessed was the bed was literally sinking on one edge. And it looked like wet cement. And the girls were screaming. They were just screaming. And so they got the girls off the bed. And the bed was slowly sinking. Into wet cement. He got his daughters out of the room. And one of his cousins. Told them. That there must be. Buried treasure here. Or in Mexico. You'll say. There's gold here. And. When they usually say that in Mexico. It's. It could be gold, it could be gems, it could be pottery, or it could be something, an artifact that was from the old times, Aztec eras, Mayans, Borrepochas. And supposedly in Mexico, if you are staying in an area that's there's some little activity going on, a little paranormal, there has to be gold there. And supposedly you either leave it alone or you dig it out And then you dig it somewhere else away from your house. And if you dig it out and keep it for yourself or you try to sell it or make some, you know, money off of it, more bad stuff happens to you. It's cursed. So back to the story. He's like, yeah, there's gold here. So he gets he lays on top of the bed, his cousin, and he puts his arm in the wet cement and he starts like he's looking for something. But he just has his hand in this wet cement. And he finally stops. He looks at my grandfather and he says, I found it. And then he just blacks out. And so they pull him out and they take him out of the room. And he was alive, but he was like pretty much in a coma for like a day or two. And when he woke up, he don't remember what he did. So, yes, he was asleep for like two days. And it was like if he was in a coma and when he woke up, he did not remember anything. When they were talking to him, he didn't remember anything. And they were like, "What did you feel under there?" He was like, I, "He's like it felt like it felt heavy, kind of like a like a square, squarish, spearish thing." I, 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 that's the only thing I got from it. And but he never pulled it out for years. It continued like that at that house. And I don't know if he eventually ended up cracking the cement and digging whatever, and getting you know burying it somewhere else and stuff like that. Also, too, there was times at that same house where my aunts will wake up in the morning cold and their blankets will be folded nicely and placed on the chairs. And they'll ask my grandmother and grandfather. And they're like, no. And there was times where my grandparents would come in and yell at them and tell them, why are you guys sleeping without blankets? But these blankets will be folded nicely and placed on the chairs in the room. And they did not know what that was.
1: That is very interesting. Okay, so just to go back real quick, do you think that there was actually gold under the bed, or do you think that it was, again, associated with the grandfather doing the witchcraft?
0: I personally think it was both, because one, the house did have some gold, and two, my grandfather bringing this negative energy that pie attached to him to the house. Um. Also, too, I feel like a lot of a lot of the land in Mexico is just haunted, period, from the history and stuff. So maybe negative energy that happened there on that land, eons ago, just, it's there. And it's all just collaborating and doing something, you know.
1: The goal that, that happened, your grandfather was home at that time, when that was occurring? Or, like, the, the bed sinking in, he was home?
0: Yeah, he was there. But they were spending, like, the night there.
1: Okay. And then with the sheets being folded, he was home? Yeah. Now, did anything... Th- did it seem like it was the occurrences were more active when he was at home or when he was away or was, did there was,
0: it was actually both. Okay. It was actually both. And here's another one. The times he was away from the house back in the farm, in the mountains, my grandma would tell me that when she was preparing, you know, lunch or supper, she'd be chopping veggies or meat. And then she placed a knife down you know, she'll turn around to grab something, she'll come back and the knife is missing. And out of nowhere, it'll be, she'll hear like it go past her head, like Frook! like if someone threw the knife at her and the knife will end up jammed on the wall or wherever her hand was placed on the on the cutting board, the knife will be right there by her hand or by her feet. Or she'll feel it like fly by her back and it
1: hit the wall. Do you know if at any point he stopped doing the witchcraft or do you think he just continued? into his later years or I think he did
0: stop probably in the nineties, but I'm not accurate because at that time I never asked him. I used to do because like he never told us personally, you know, I this is what I used to do. Right. Hey, with my aunts, my dad, my uncle, my grandmother, my great uh aunts, great uncles. He never like he never said that, but he he would tell all these stories and I just feel like it, it just kept following him you know even when he stopped i know there was many times when he would come visit us in in uh, chicago and my dad's religious and my dad would start talking about the bible and he would my grandfather he would just get so upset he'll like they'll start yelling and he would like end the conversation and he just you know he traveled from mexico and on the second night there he wants to go back and i feel like he he was an atheist, you know. He didn't just—he didn't want to hear none of that mumble jumble, you know.
1: So he was never your grandfather was never openly religious. Even if he may have been, he was never openly talked about.
0: It. No, he was never openly religious. Uh, okay. When I was around him, he never had a—he never wore a crucifix. He never—I never see him praying. I never see him saying like, you know, thank God, you know, bless this day, you know, thank you for this food, you know, thank God for giving us another day in this world. Oh, yeah, thanks to God you guys made it home safe. Thank God you guys made it here safe. You know, he never said those those things.
1: Okay, so, I mean, the knife, I mean, we kind of went from, like, demonic activity to now poltergeist activity with the blankets and knives being thrown around the house. So it seems like a good mix of different type of paranormal activity. So uh, was there anything else do you think that, progressed worse like was there any other anything that tops those now that stories or
0: um there was other stories but i, I can't remember them People, like when these stories were told to me i was you know seven years old eight years old nine years old and that's when i started discovering about you know scary stuff paranormal but i still don't understand it other than they were good scary stories from grandpa and grandma and my dad and stuff but uh there's another another story where my father and his siblings were outside playing at night along with the neighbors and their cousins and, you know, a bunch of kids outside having a great time. And my dad told me that they're outside playing. And my, grandma came out. my grandmother came out and told them it's time to come in. And the other parents came out too. Hey, it's time to come in. But no one listened. So they continued playing. And my dad told me, as they were running up one hill, they're all running. They saw something black fly out of the hill into the sky. And the way my dad said it as, It was a phantasm. But as soon as all the kids seen this black phantasm, or whatever you want to call it, they all fainted. And they were all woken up by their parents, aunts and uncles. And my dad said that uh, everybody tried to wake everybody up. But the only way to wake them up, which I still don't understand, is to put brown sugar between your cheeks and your, your mouth. <laughs> and they woke up and they just remember seeing something black coming out of a hill and flying up to the sky. And they did not know what that was. And I'm guessing the adults did. And they just brought everybody back home. You know, maybe said, you know, some prayers and stuff. Or get the holy water, get the crucifix and everything. Because they knew what was up. But not the kids at the time. But my grandfather definitely was not there.
1: And how many people were outside that this happened to? It
0: had to be more than ten. Okay. It, it was a bunch of kids. It was the kids in the village pretty much. You know, and the village itself was small. So let's just say, you know, twenty, twenty or thirty huts. You know, there was they were literally huts, you know, and everybody knew each other in the village. So it was pretty much the kids, everybody there.
1: And uh was any of the was there any adults that passed out as well that blocked out? Or no, it was just all kids.
0: No, from the story, no, it was just the kids because everybody was telling the kids it's time to come in the house now. So either the parents knew something was going to happen, you know, whatever time it was at night. Maybe it was a certain day that something was supposed to happen at that time. But they were trying their best to get the kids in the house, but everybody was just having a good time. And then this happened.
1: And did they give like a time frame as far as like how long? They were blacked out for what you think it was minutes or if
0: I can remember, my dad said they were knocked out for about an hour because they were trying everything, you know, using oils, you know, tapping their face, slapping their face, splashing water, you know, tickling their feet and stuff. And they would not wake up until they put brown sugar between the cheeks of their mouth. And that's how they woke up.
1: Okay. well, I mean, that is pretty interesting because uh, just in that with your grandfather and the what they experienced in Mexico, it's almost like a, a whole spectrum of, like, paranormal activity. When you have, like, witchcraft, this demonic activity, poltergeist activity, and then now the figure, I mean, that could have been, if we're going the paranormal route, it could have been a witch. I mean, I guess it could have been a demon if it was, you know, a black figure, but for everyone to black out, and then I start thinking, like, it's almost like extraterrestrial where people are passing out like that or losing track of time. I don't know what, like what what would you think it was in your mind when you hear the story?
0: As growing up hearing the story multiple times, all I could think is it was bad magic. Whoever was doing something there, maybe my grandfather or maybe other people doing the same thing. it, It was probably conjuring something and maybe it was a sign to show them that, hey, we got some power here, or hey, you know, we're not leaving or something, you know, extraterrestrial, yeah, but then, again, you know, the black magic and stuff, I don't know how, you know, that could
1: be, you know, added to that, you know. Wow, that's pretty, pretty interesting then, Uh, and so, were there any other stories that you're aware of that maybe things that were occurring when your grandfather wasn't there that maybe other people in the house had experienced?
0: Yeah, there was another story I heard, and this story, even though I heard it from my father and my aunts and uncle, and my grandmother, and from my grandfather, I heard this version from other families too, and I'm sure you mentioned it in the last episode, you know, but uh, there were many times where they were sleeping at night, and they heard chains, rattling chains outside, like if somebody was dragging chains you know, they didn't know what that was. It wasn't my grandfather, you know, but it was the constant rattling of chains. And it wasn't just the house out there in the mountains. It was the houses in the city or when they were in the mountains working, especially at night. or Coming home from night, they heard the rattling of chains. I even heard the rattling of chains when I was out there in the mountains in 2003. My dad, you know, it was spring vacation and we were in the mountains, and we were in the bottom of the the river. And at night, I slept (laughs) in the truck while everybody else, camped outside, and there was this house that was never finished, that was by the river. And at night, I couldn't sleep, so I rolled the windows down, it was cool breeze, moonlight and everything. The river just was therapeutic, but I kept hearing chains in the house, rattling, dragging. And at first I was like, okay, it's probably like a cow or a horse. They got loose, but no. Because with the house, since it was never finished, the moonlight shined inside the house through the windows and doors. So you could see everything inside. And it was just like, who's doing that? Nobody's doing that. The house is
1: empty. It's vacant. How long did the sound occur? Was it like consistently going on or was it intermittent?
0: It kept going. For about 2-3 hours.
1: It's know? non-stop?
0: That's non-stop. But it wasn't like at one point. Like rattling loud and then quiet and nothing. It was just like if somebody was in there. Pacing back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. And either it was somebody in there. Messing with us. Or it was something there. But yeah it was about 2-3 hours. And that's why I couldn't go to sleep. Because I kept hearing this rattling. And it was loud. And the next morning when I woke up. Talk to my dad And I'm like Dad this is what I heard And he's like Now you know how I feel Now you know what I witnessed here When I was growing up And I'm like But why this house He's like I, I can't explain it But he's like Now you know what I experienced
1: Okay so while this is going on With the chains rattling Where's everybody else at Like your, your dad And the rest of the people That you were with
0: Well it was me My dad My little brother My uncle His son Who was the same age As my brother and my grandfather. So once we all went to bed. Like I said I, I slept inside the truck. I locked both doors. Because I was paranoid. My dad. My brother. And my cousin. Slept in the camper. My uncle slept under the truck. Which was hard. Because he was snoring real bad. And he was literally. Vibrating the truck when he was snoring. But my grandfather. He just told us. That he was in the morning. And he disappeared into the woods. Which was weird. But then again. Remember I told you. He was in the military. He's like. He was commando, so maybe he knew a place or knew somewhere safe to sleep. But yeah, he just disappeared into the woods. And after the chain stopped and stuff, I still couldn't fall asleep because I was trying to wonder what these chain sounds were. You know, were these the stories that my dad was telling me when I was a kid? But I was like, no, it can't be. You know, we're, we're here by the river; it's relaxing, and. I do remember around one in the morning because I had a watch and my cell phone with bad, no service. You know, I kept seeing if someone was texting me back from, from home, but I remember around one morning, like 110 in the morning, you know, I'm looking out the the windshield and about a mile down, you know, it's all tree area. Like I said, the moon and everything lights everything up about a mile down. I see someone walking back and forth between two trees. It was someone walking back and forth between two trees only. But the thing is, whenever he went right, he didn't turn around to go left. It was like his legs were like bending, going the other way like normal. So whatever this was, it just kept doing it. And it kept doing it. It kept doing it. And I'm wondering, that's not Grandpa. And it never turned around to walk the other way. It never turned around the other way to go the other way. It never stopped. It never, I never, you know, I just seen a figure of a man. And at that moment, I wasn't thinking nothing scary. I was just like, is that grandpa or not? Is he drunk? He did drink. But I was like, grandpa didn't bring that much liquor out here. So how's that grandpa? So I just watched it for about a good 20 minutes. And then I ended up laying back down in the truck, put on my headphones, listening to my music.
1: When you got up in the morning, then did you tell any of the family members what you had heard or what you had seen?
0: I told my dad as soon as I saw him, and he just told me not to worry about it. And I'm like, "Was that grandpa?" He was like, "That's not grandpa. Just don't worry about it." And he's like, "Do you remember who protects you?" And I was like, "Yeah, you." And he's like, "But who else protects you?" I'm like, "Well, it's God, it's Jehovah." He's like, "All right, that's all that matters. He's to protect you." So my dude, my dad knew something but he would never tell me. He never told me nothing. He just told me, don't think about it. Don't worry about it. And to this day, when I talk about it, he's like, oh, that was just your imagination. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, how? And then he like, Jehovah's still with you though. Just remember that. And I'm like, okay, dad, <laughs> something was wrong there. Something he probably experienced too. Maybe. Who
1: knows? Wow, okay. Well, Okay. He probably didn't want to, well, where are you or, least make sure your your faith was strong with that, not to believe in whatever it was. So I know your grandfather went into the woods at some point in the night. When did you end up seeing him again? It was in the morning or did he just was he just there or like how did he come back to where you guys were camping at?
0: Around eight in the morning I was woken up by a cow looking at my window and like butting the window. So that's how I woke up scared. <laughs> and then uh the farmers came by. And moved their cattle away from us and stuff from the campsite. You know, I stepped out. Everybody was already awake. And I was like, hey, then, you know, Grandpa come back. And my dad's like, "No, oh, he's usually awake by, you know, five in the morning, four or five in the morning. He's nowhere to be seen. And I was like, well, I remember seeing him walking down this way. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, he probably just, you know, he's probably out there, you know, sleeping or something. I'm like, Dad, you know, Grandpa's awake by four or five in the morning. Where is he at? So then around eleven we are still wondering where grandpa is and we're starving because our camping trick did not go as planned, you know, with food and stuff. And we were ready to pack up and leave and just say grandpa will find his way back home. And uh I don't know where we hear splashes in the water and here comes my grandfather with a fish net full of fishes. I don't know what kind they were and he slams it on the floor in front of us. He's like, all right, now we can eat. And we're like, where'd you get this fishnet from? He's like, oh, I got it from one of my friends. He's a farmer, you know, many miles away, and I know we need to eat food, so I had to go get the fishnet. But now we can eat.
1: Wow, okay. (laughs) I mean, it's still a pretty interesting story as far as he goes into the woods, and then you don't see him again, and you see that figure, and then he shows up hours later in the morning with fish. When your grandpa he would come out here to visit when he would visit you or visit your other family. Did you guys experience anything while he was visiting out here in in the States or no, no.
0: When he was in our house, there was nothing ever, nothing ever scary, eerie or nothing. Um, when he was staying at my uncle's house in Chicago, the walkout house, the house was already messed up and we still experienced stuff there with him or with not uh, with not him, you know, but yeah, no, we never had a problem when he spent the night at the house. Other than my dad and my grandfather arguing between religions and stuff. And like I said, I feel like he was an atheist at the time. And he just didn't care no more about hearing about you know the Trinity, you know, Jehovah and all that stuff. But what about you, man? I know, I remember you told me a story years ago. And it sounds similar to what I shared earlier. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? About... Uh, what was it artifacts or some gold that they, who, your uncle found?
1: My grandfather and another guy, they were out somewhere in Mexico. They were digging in sand and they had found like six statues, maybe about 10 to 12 inches tall. And I mean you could say maybe they looked Aztec or Mayan. I guess they had cleaned them off, took them home, and then they tried to take them somewhere local out there to see if they can be maybe looked at it by a museum to be taken. And they were told that because they had cleaned them with water, that uh, they had damaged them or they couldn't take them as an artifact. They were basically like no good. So my grandfather kept them. And whenever he came to the United States, they uh, he had them like in a drawer and then he gave them to my uncle. And my uncle had them on top of uh, his bed on the, above his head like they had like a shelf and he had them all lined up on there and he had to be around 12 years old and in the middle of the night he said that he had awoken to what he described as chanting and he said he just kind of looked up above at you know the, where the figures were and he said they were like rocking back and forth as he heard this chanting sound and then he said he couldn't move the rest of his body, so it was almost like a sleep paralysis thing. And the next thing you know, he said he felt like he was levitating off the bed while these, the sound was increasing and these, down, these figures are moving. So he managed to scream out loud, and my grandfather grandmother got up. They went to go to the room, and my mom got up. And the doors to the house, they had no locks on them. They were just a regular doorknob. And so, of course, that was what they thought was odd because they couldn't get into the room. They kept turning the door handle, nothing. So my grandfather applied enough pressure, whatever, and got into the room. And they said just as the door opened, that my mom said she they witnessed like he was levitating, and that he fell back into the bed. And then, of course, he described the story of what happened to my grandfather, and they just took the stuff and put him back into like a filing cabinet, and they were put away for years and that's later on down the road I think he you know got desperate maybe to use them for like money and started uh, I think he paid like an attorney off with some of them so he does have I believe three of them still I've been trying to find a picture of them because he had posted about it before and asking like if anybody knew what they were any information on it so I have to try to get a hold of him to track that picture down
0: sounds like your family found some disorder and they didn't handle it right
1: Right and as you You know when you When you're telling that story That's why I started thinking Like man maybe it was something If it was real That it was cursed And they should just left it Where it was at
0: Yeah I would I don't care how much money I get out of it Or whatever I'm gonna leave it alone I'm not gonna touch that Because the stories I'm hearing And been hearing And reading online It's not worth it man It's not worth it To be cursed Or have bad things happen to you Such as what your uncle experienced Right It's not worth it for me You know I'll just leave it where it is.
1: That's definitely good to know. I mean, you always... kind of reminds me of, like, the stories of, like, people that going into the... Like, with King Tut, and they went in there, and then they, you know, they had all the bad luck or the curses because of they were taking stuff, or, like, gray robbers take stuff, and then the consequence, of course, is they end up dying or something happens. Yeah. Is there any other stories that you can remember as far as, like, with your dad?
0: Um, this one was only told by my dad, to me and my siblings, and... I still think about it because I don't know if he's telling the truth or he's just trying to scare us. But uh, again, this is back in when he was a kid. And uh, it was one of those nights where his aunt was finishing reading the Bible. And before they went to sleep, they heard the dogs and the cats in the villages like going crazy, howling, meowing, making noises. Then they heard the cows, they heard the horses, they heard heard the goats going crazy. The way my dad describes it is, it was like a bass, like a mmm, mmm, like a bass. Not like a, a, you know, stomping or something. It sounded like it was a bass, and it was vibrating their shack, and maybe vibrating everybody else's houses too. But my dad said it was just like a bass. Boom, boom, no one knew what was going on outside because everybody was scared to come out and my grandfather wasn't there either, so the next morning they woke up, you know, everybody comes out and all the dogs, cats, livestock, everything was dead, just dead, any animal was dead outside. And they did not know what happened. They didn't know if someone went by and poisoned all the animals. But then they could not explain the whole bass sound, which was vibrating the house. But due to that, to this day, when my dad hears rap music, gangster rap, whatever, something with bass in the car, he doesn't like it. Growing up, whenever I played some music, he would tell me to shut it off. And he would tell me that stuff is evil. And I'm like, why? So I'm thinking whatever they experience, he's traumatized from it. And to, like I said, to this day, he does not want to hear anything with bass. I don't know. Was it a curse on the village? Did someone or did my grandfather do something so bad that it just involved all of the sacrifices of the animals or what? But they were, all the livestock, any animal, anything that was an animal was dead in the village. Humans were still alive, but no one knew what happened that
1: night. Did they describe how, or, I mean, obviously they were dead, but how they looked?
0: No, other than a lot of them were, you know, on their side, dead. Some of them looked like their necks were, t- like, twisted a little bit. But that's it, you know. And like I said, who who has the time to do that physically? All night and kill all the livestock in the village You know And kill the dogs and cats You know Any birds on the trees Who who can go up the trees right now And grab all the birds in that whole area You know Kill them You know
1: So it just wasn't a few animals So there was all types of animals Yeah Cows
0: Cows, horses, goats uh, Chickens, roosters Quail The cats, the dogs People in Mexico The cats and dogs were on free You know They're not like out here they stay in their house and they have a nice home and everything. No, they stay outdoors. They sleep in the, the dirt. They sleep under a bush. You know, they know who their owners are, but they just, they're free out there, you know. But they were all dead. I still think about that story. I am like, who did something bad, so bad to piss off something, an evil entity or something to cause all that harm? Or was it used to for a ritual
1: or something, you know? Uh, okay, so like a sacrifice. Could be, yeah. And is that what you believe that maybe it was? It had to be something... Demonic?
0: Yeah. Remember, animals, supposedly the animals could see better than us. You know, especially our pets, our cats and dogs, especially our dogs. I had a similar incident when I lived in Lake Station. My dog, I still have now for 16 years. She always wake me up at night growling at the hallway. There was something there. And I didn't know what it was. But the first few weeks, I kept thinking it was somebody trying to break in the house. And after I started noticing certain things happening in the house, seeing certain things, I knew something paranormal was happening. But she was alarming me every night, almost every night.
1: I know we've kind of talked about this before, but, like, what you experienced in that house, you kind of wanted, that would be, like, a completely separate episode. Because I think the stories and everything that had happened while you guys lived there, I mean, that's a lot that was going on in that time frame while you were there. so um I know we've talked about your grandfather, things that happened with your other cousins and your dad. Was there anything that was going on that your mother may have experienced in Mexico, either when she was with your dad or growing up, that she had ever told to you or you would heard from other family members?
0: My mother, um, she was from the state of Michoacan. And so when she was a kid, she didn't know my, who my dad was and stuff. If you know my mother personally... Total sweetheart, heart of gold, an angel. May she rest in peace. But uh, she only told me one story growing up. And she always talked about it. She always reminded me of the story. But um, she was from the village of San Jeronimo. In those areas, during the holidays, there will be music, food, and weddings and baptisms and everything. And whoever's hosting have at their house, music, food, drinks, and then from there they'll go to the church or to another person's house or to a hall. But as they're doing that, they're dancing, playing music in the street, having a good time, and drinking. And that's that's how it is today. There was one festival, I think, or part or something to do with the church, and I think she was like six or seven years old, and. She was begging her mom to let her go out But it was already night time And my grandmother was telling my mom It's too late, you can't be out there no more And she begged and begged And as the music's getting closer on her block My grandma just told her, go ahead, go You know, you're not listening to me, go So my my mom goes out Waits for the band and all these people dancing Getting closer and closer And then she joins and they were going to, you know, a friend's house to finish the rest of the party for the night, you know, a few blocks away. And usually it's the people dancing all the way up in front. And as they're dancing and walking, they're drinking. And then it's the band. And then the people who are participating, but don't want to drink or whatever. They're just walking, holding gifts, holding the big crucifix or something, candles. And then the people who are drunk, Or can't really walk that well. They're all the way in the back. So yeah. She meets up with some of her friends. They're dancing and dancing. Going down the blocks and stuff. But then she starts getting a little tired. So then she starts falling back. And next thing you know. She's all in the back with the people who are drunk. Can't walk that fast. The older people. And in this village. At that time too. Street lights don't exist. So it's all dark. And as little by little happens more people start disappearing. Like they start either go home or they pick up the pace and get with the band and the people dancing in front again. So now it was her, a woman, and like three other people, you know, they were either drunk or just couldn't walk that fast. So she was getting a little scared because it was dark. She's by herself. None of her friends or family are with her. And the woman stops and looks at her and says, hey, we're going to so-and-so's house. I'll show you where we go. Come on, follow me. So my mom got a little happy. She's like, okay. And as they're walking, she's behind this woman. And my mom told me that uh, as she's following her in the dark streets, she sees a brown tail come out the woman from her back. It comes out of her dress, and it's, it's just a tail, like a brown, furry tail. You know, it wasn't, like, pointy or nothing it was just like an animal like a cat's tail or a dog's tail or something you know and as she's looking at this woman the woman's like come on come on we're almost there
1: we're almost there
0: but she's wondering what this tail is so she turns around she runs home and she, my mother was alive she just said she didn't know what that was
1: to me it sounds very similar to the stories of like native american navajos and skinwalkers so do you, do you think it's possible that, it, I mean, I know that's with Native American folklore, but do you think it's possible that that's those type of like things can occur like in Mexico or?
0: I think it was something because like in Mexico, it's still big for like a witch, like witches are known to shape shift out there. Uh, one of the main animals that changes to is an owl
1: mm-hmm. and
0: in Spanish it's called lechusa. So I remember going out to Mexico a lot over there to that village. When we would not go inside the house after being outside all night, my mom or my aunts would tell me that lechusa's out. Come inside. And my cousins were out there. We were like, all right, let's go inside. Let's go. Let's go. And, yeah, I think she experienced a, a lechusa or a skinwalker, however you want to call it, you know, because she said the woman was nice. You know, she was dressed nice and everything. And the village itself was poor, you know, and this woman to be dressed nice and then have some brown tail and kept telling her it's okay it's okay just just follow me we'll we'll get there who knows who knows maybe if she my mom did follow her something bad would have happened to her or she might have seen something worse you know and be traumatized the rest of
1: her life i mean for only having that one story that's like the top like i would have to say scary story is to not only seeing that but what was the potential outcome i'm sure it wasn't good you know something walking back being that nice and you get this tail wagging around
0: yeah, she said the tail was wagging. It was just wagging, like, casual. Like, when you see a cow around the tail, it just wags casually, slow. Same thing with the dog. You know, it wasn't doing nothing else. And, like, the woman kept looking at her, and my mom said she looked real nice. She looked real beautiful. I don't know what that was, but that's all I could think was. It was a, a lechusa, a witch, mm-hmm. or, like you said, a skinwalker, something. Like I said, Mexico that's haunted grounds. So lot. did her,
1: now did her clothing, cause you're saying it was a poor town. So that was, she out of place with the way she was dressing. If she looked that well put together.
0: Yeah. Like her dress and everything was like nice, like something like from out of towner and over there in those villages. I mean, now they could dress more modern, but like during her time. Yeah. You, you know, you buy what you afford and the women usually dressed the same. Like they had the same outfits that was meant for them to go out with their days, making food, chopping wood and everything, you know, it just wasn't traditional.
1: And you said the witches, that owls, they supposedly morph into, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. it was, a did they elaborate? Why? Other I mean, than, I, know I was supposed to be wise or all knowing or knowledgeable wisdom.
0: Yeah. Uh, other than out there, they, they morph into the, the owls to watch the kids and depict their kids. And, if you're out and about and you're a kid and you see an owl, especially during the daytime, it supposedly is an, it's a witch scoping you out or scoping another kid out or looking to do a bad do something bad to your land or your parents because they pied this on bad to them. You know, like maybe they didn't come to an agreement on something and they broke their oath or something, and now they're coming to get back at you. But it was mainly growing up hearing the lechusas coming for the kids. Which is something you kind of hear out here back, you know, from like, you know, the Sa- Salem era and stuff. supposedly how they use kids to, you know, sacrifice and to worship and all that stuff. So I don't know if that's similar or what.
1: Okay, I, I think we'll have to dive a little deeper into that and do some research to look. Because uh, I'm not sure if I had, had mentioned it, but uh, there's a person that I follow from Instagram and she kind of goes and tries to do a lot of the history as far as like Santa there and Trek. Trace, like, origins or, you know, certain things. Some of these really old figures at the bottom, there is uh, a little owl on some of these statues that go, like, way back. But uh, a lot of the older ones had the owls. That's kind of interesting. So that was the only story your mom ever. Yeah, that's the only
0: thing. And then, you know, growing up with her, it's just like whenever I watch a scary movie or something scary was on on TV, she'd be like, oh, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Just TV? She's like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Just like my dad, traumatized from something. She's like, nope, nope, go. Nope. Same deal with my dad. He's like, I don't know why you're watching that garbage. You know, and I'm like, just the movie, dude, relax. Same thing with my grandfather when we were kids and, you know, spending the night at my cousin's house and he was there visiting us. We were watching, you know, Freddy Cougar. We were watching uh, Michael Myers or Jason or even uh, The Evil Dead, especially The Evil Dead, triggered him um, and or, you know, like The Exorcist. He'd be watching over us and saying, in Spanish, you know, why are you guys watching this garbage? Don't be watching this stuff. In Spanish, you'd be like, no, están viendo eso. eso, eso es bueno. That's not good for you. And we're like, Grandpa, it's just a movie. And he's like, no, oh, eso no es bueno. Eso no es bueno. That's not good. That's not good, you know.
1: He was warning you guys because that's what he experienced or <laughs> something more likely even had seen personally.
0: Especially from Evil Dead. And Exorcist, and I forgot another movie.
1: It kind of revolved around that, like the demons, like yeah, the deadites yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, wow, well, it's pretty interesting. That's a lot of good stories, just on those few people. Uh, when it, you kind of actually brought up one more, and it's not really ghost story, but it was uh, my wife was telling me about. Uh, they're both her cousins. They were driving from Illinois to Mexico. They were visiting family, and you know they were calling in every so often checkpoints say hey you know we're here at this point or whatever just to keep in touch to let them know everything was going okay and this was the the 90s so you know it wasn't like today with you know you can call and text whenever you want Uh, and cell phone coverage I think was pretty spotty as they were driving you know they knew where they were and now they're into Mexico so the the frequency of the calls were less and less uh and at one point they hadn't heard from them for like almost like a day and then they finally called them and now, of course, the family's all concerned. Like, hey, what happened? You know, you were you didn't call us. We hadn't heard of you for like half a day or whatever. And they said that all they remember doing is that they were driving, and the next thing they knew, they seen like a bright light, and that's the last thing they remembered. And then they said that they wake up, they're driving again. They don't recall stopping, seeing anybody. They just remember seeing the light, and then time passed, and they're driving again. So when I heard the story, I was like, okay, well, I mean, I guess that's possible. Maybe they lost track of time, but they said that wherever they were from the, you know, point A to point B, there's no way they could have gotten that far in that length of time. They said it would have had to been much longer. There's no way even speeding they said they couldn't have made it to where they were. And, you know, the first thing to me was like, that had to be something paranormal because how would that happen? And then, of course, you don't remember anything. You like black out, essentially, and then now you wake up and you're driving again. Like, how do you forget all that in between? So. That was only one of the story I knew about, Mexico-related, but that was more of a paranormal-type thing. Sounds like it. Or what if
0: they were visited by somebody out of this world? Because there are similar stories to that, where they see a bright light, and then, you know, they're somewhere else, and they don't remember. Right. The hours or the days that pass by, you know.
1: Who oh, knows? Like when we were driving back from, was uh where did we, Kentucky? For the concert We've seen that ball That whatever That orb While I'm driving back And there's that giant yeah. I don't even know How to describe It was it orb
0: Yeah we were We were coming back From a concert In 2021 And it was what 1-2 in the morning No 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 It was yeah, late at Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it was around 1-2 in the morning We are on the highway And we're both Wide awake And there's Two or three Semis Around us And then Eventually One takes off More Peaks up the speed And we're still driving the speed limit And out of nowhere From my side From the passenger side Windshield I see a white ball Fly over us And then I looked at you And I was like Did you see that? And you're like What in the world was that? It wasn't An owl It wasn't a bird It was not a bug It was a big white ball And it just flew past by us And (laughs) That was it was, it was trippy, because what in the world was that, you know? But we both saw it at the same time.
1: But did it almost, like, go to the windshield and then, like, go up,
0: I thought? No, no. It was, like, a few feet away from us on top. Okay. The way. But it passed me, and it passed you on top. And I, <laughs> I still don't know what that was.
1: Interesting stories of, you know, being on the road. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I, I clearly remember it was, seeing it.
0: It was like the size, what well, looked from up there, looked like the size of a basketball, but it was white and transparent in a way.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was just going to mention there yeah. was some transparency to the, yeah. the object.
0: And if it was a bird or something, you could obviously tell, especially if it was white feathered, you could see the outline of it or something with our headlights. No, yeah, and then, this was clearly a sphere. Yeah, and then the, the semi behind us, his headlights would brighten us. So we had good vision but it was just like a big white ball, almost the size of a basketball. And it just whoosh past us. And yeah, no clue what that is.
1: Yeah, I still think about sometimes driving, like what could it have been? Or I had another one similar driving story as far as seeing something. The first time I had drove all the way to like South Texas, her parents were in front of us in another SUV. So it was like probably midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Everyone's in the car, sleeping wife, kids passed out. And this black shadow, it was almost circular, but the outline was very jagged. Like, all around it it was just, like, jagged. But it was almost like a circle-type shape. And it was from the side of the road, and it went between my car and their car. And it went, like, into the road, but then it went, like, at an angle, and then went up and then disappeared. But it was, like you know, you still have some of that moonlight because there's no other, you know, you don't have that air, the pollution, light pollution. Yeah. So you just have that moonlight. So moonlight. it is somewhat illuminated. And this figure was darker than the outside. That's how dark it was. But you could still see it. And it, it didn't move seamlessly. It was almost like is it's kind of like stuttered, I guess. Or it, it, it wasn't a smooth transition from the side of the road and then went up. I could see if it was an animal, but the shape wasn't anything of an animal. But yeah, it was just really odd, and I was just like, I remember just holding the steering wheel, like, like what was that? She's passed out, of course. And that that was the only other odd thing driving that I still think about sometimes. I think about that and that ball. Yeah. Like, what could they have been?
0: I still think about it too. I'm like, I still don't know what that is.
1: Uh, so do you, I? Mean is, so that compl- like is that all the stories that you've known now of Mexico, or that you remember?
0: That I can remember, yeah. That 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 were repeated to me a lot. You know. And I still want to get some more information from
1: my dad about the
0: base, the whole base thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, whenever I had a chance to see him, I'm going to ask him again and see what he says and see if he remembers. You know,
1: he's in his late 60s now, so memory going a little lost. Right. Okay. And then you, I know you said your grandfather's doing the witchcraft. Just from my own memory, I can't recall. Was there anybody else that was? Involved in no, because you never did anything. I don't know. Wise. No, I never. No, no, I'm scared of try Right. I
0: don't. Especially, I don't know what I'm getting into. So why would I do it? Um, no, no one else that I know in my family. Okay. Uh, especially close to me. Now, I know a lot of them are scared of it.
1: Right. And, wow. and, and, and <laughs> it usually,
0: reason. and usually when I talk about it, a lot of them don't want to hear about it. You know. So it's just like whatever. One more story I want to share. Um, I grew up listening to, but. I heard this version From other people too Okay So I don't know It's just like Something to scare people You know But like The story always goes It's usually a male They were at a bar Or nightclub In Mexico And everybody was drunk And then comes in The most beautiful Looking woman ever And she Has Hooves or chicken feet, but since everybody's so drunk, no one recognizes her except for the person that's telling the story. Um, I'm sure some of you might have heard that story too, but if you do, share it. And this purse, this thing, you know, she drinks, she flirts with some men, but no one notices her feet. And then sometimes. Other versions, she has one chicken foot and one hoof. And that's it, you know. So, if anybody ever heard of that one, hey, share it with us. and let's, let's, let's hear your side of it.
1: Okay, that's pretty interesting. And see, you haven't watched uh, that show on FX, that Reservation Dogs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Okay, so a I, I, few times that they had mentioned about the, the Skinwalker, it was always like a... A very attractive woman, I think, that they always see. and But the telltale that, obviously, hey, this isn't human, is the feet. And they're usually like the deer hooves. Yeah,
0: it looks like deer hooves. But, yeah, when I see that, that's what I think of. And I'm like, oof, this is definitely
1: not good. <laughs> and they did it in another Did they do it in Ash vs. Evil Dead? The, the S.T.A.R.S. one? I don't remember. I watched that a long time ago. Okay. I, can't, I have to look up again. All right. So, all right, that'll do it for us here the dot com, and look forward to episode three we're gonna be working on soon.
0: Yeah, we've just been very busy in personal lives, and you know, we're both working, and you know, we're gonna try to send out the next episode three. Um, we just want to make sure it's it's right, it's original, nothing scripted, and please be patient with us.
1: Yeah, and if, of course, if you guys have you know comments or ideas feel free to share them on anywhere email them Uh, we definitely look forward to you know reading that type of you know comments and working on what we can change or add and of course we do want to bring other people on or people that do cleansings or people that have other you know experiences or more knowledgeable um, on certain areas that's right about right yeah all right uh thank you for listening Thank you again, everybody, and have a great night. See you.
0: If you have a paranormal experience and you would like to share, please visit amongtheshadowspodcast.com to submit your story. Submissions may be used in later episodes.